Find all your favorite movies and shows faster with Xfinity. Just speak into the X1 voice remote to search across live TV, on demand, even Netflix and Prime Video. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. We're going to look back and wrap up the football season here on the Coaches Show and talk to the lone state championship winning coach in the area. He is Jason Garrett, and he joins us on the phone lines right now. Coach, how are you? Uh, really well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and we talked to you a lot. I, I was joking around with you. The media tour continues. You've been a busy guy over the last few days. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's been a whirlwind for sure. It's a good problem to have, though. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You yeah. guys you guys had the pep rally today at school. How'd that go? It was terrific, you know, and uh, I think more emotional than I anticipated just to have all everybody together and all the support and kind of reminisce a little bit on the season. So it was a special day. Take us back, Coach. Last Friday, the four-overtime victory, 16-10. to T.J. Tipman gets the touchdown to seal it after a great interception by Charlie Howe. Uh, on the preceding possession, ran into Charlie's dad, actually at Blackhawk Christian. He was officiating the junior varsity game, came over, introduced himself, had some kind words to say about the program. But uh, the emotions of last Friday from being stranded on the side of the road, going down to, uh, to the to the stadium, which I heard was kind of harrowing. You got the bus locked up. You guys had to kind of get into the median before, uh, you know, something crazy happened. So up and down day that obviously ended on a big high. Yeah, no question. And uh, you know, you just asking the question kind of sent chills up up my up my body here. You know, as I kind of think back uh, for me, and I think for so many of our guys and our families, you know, it's been a journey of faith. And uh, you know, we've we've coined that kind of mantra: trust, unity, and toughness. And uh, as you look back on on last Friday, uh, those three elements uh, really. Uh, <laughs> came to fruition in terms of, you know, trusting, number one, we're going to get there on time and everything was going to be okay, uh, staying unified through all that adversity, and then the amount of toughness that it took our guys uh, to manage, not not just the, the four quarters, but in the four overtimes, because that environment is so different, you know, it being dry and all the adrenaline and the emotions and, and our guys, as, as were their guys, just totally exhausted at the end. Coach, take us through that pregame. Now, you guys had to do a walk. You were going to do a walkthrough at Ritter, eat some lunch, head over, you know, casual day, and then you guys had to scramble. So the walkthrough was on concrete, right? So, yeah, it's kind of part of the staging area there as you're, you're waiting to get on the field for the next game. Each team uh, that, that has the opportunity to go down there has a, has a room that you can essentially stretch in and kind of hang out in rather than being in the locker room. So, uh, it's pretty normal for teams to, to utilize it. Uh, it's a big open area. So uh, we had done that in 2015 as well. We stretched in there, and and then we uh, had a little extra time where we were able to accomplish a little bit of walkthrough, uh, just kind of buying time before you roll out on the field, which, you know, is a little bit different than, than a typical Friday night as well because, you know, by the time we got on the field, you're looking at the clock, and there's, you know, under 30 minutes uh, until kickoff. So, uh, you know, it's just a different kind of a day all around. Coach, when you look at how that game went, and I felt, you know, in the overtimes, you know, what the message would be in the sideline. We talked about it in post game, and I felt like, you know, maybe going through Jason's mind is these are why we had the the early mornings in the summer and the late nights, and you're working and you're telling the kids, you know, we're going to need every ounce of of work, and the kids, you know, teenagers, you know, whatever, coach. But man, it comes back in late November, and coach, man, he was right. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess that's the beauty of when a season ends the way it did for us, you know, because, it, you know, every coach uh, is certainly preaching the same kinds of things, you know. And uh, just so happened that we were blessed that everything we, we preached and talked about, including those 5.30 a.m., uh, you know, June and July sessions, uh, it all came to fruition. And I want to believe uh, that, you know, some of that adversity that, that was, uh, you know, instigated by our schedule and just some of the things that we went through throughout the season certainly paid off. And I guess that there was a moment there when we went into the first overtime after we blocked that PAT that I looked in the eyes of our four captains and they didn't blink. They didn't flinch. I don't think there was ever a moment where they truly doubted uh, or were fearful. I mean, it, it was just coat next play, next, you know, next play, next man up, next situation. And that's the way they went about the whole season. And uh, that's a testimony to who those guys are, who their families are, you know, their parents, how they've been raised. And I think testimony to our coaching staff, certainly going through the season, preparing those guys uh, for a situation that we knew certainly would come at some point. <laughs> Coach, when you look at a lot of teams at the end of the year, you can say, okay, MVP was probably this kid or this kid or this kid. You look at your team, and it's difficult because every week it was somebody else. I mean, just in the last couple games, you can you can point to Jared Lee, who had a great game in the state finals. You had Charlie Howe, who came on great. Uh, Gage Rimbarger had a couple big-time pass breakups downfield against DePriest in that game. Offensively, Patrick Finley comes back and was great. You know, Offensive yeah. line, you know, Joe Henry, I don't think it's enough credit. You have another offensive lineman up there as well, in addition to Joe Tipman, plenty of guys up yeah. there. It's yep. so difficult to pinpoint a couple guys on this team. Yeah, yeah, we've we've delayed our uh, end end of the year banquet because of that. You know, <laughs> like who, who do we give these awards to? But you know, and, and one another situation you didn't you didn't mention there was, you know, the quarterback change. And you know, when you talk about valuable players, how Patrick O'Keefe and Brendan Lytle handled handled you know handled that change and and what they were able to do through the end of the season. So, yeah, I mean, it, the number of guys that have contributed you know, along the way is, is pretty significant. And, you know, something else that came along in our path was our scout team uh, and so many guys that, that helped prepare us. I mean, the, the week going into Mishawaka, we had one of the best preparation weeks we, we could have had. And uh, we coined those guys as parachute packers. There's a great story out there about a guy who used to be in the military and, and he met up with a guy some 30 years later at a restaurant. And the guy says, hey, you're so-and-so. He says, yeah. He says, "How do you know that?" And he says, "Well, I packed your parachute. It must have worked when your when your plane went down." <laughs> and uh, so our 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 scout guys are you know the parachute packers. So yeah, and when you talk about valuable players, the list is very very long. <laughs> yeah, Luke Wigginton was the guy I was thinking. Amen. About. Yeah. yeah. Well, he, Alex Colkman, who didn't have a you know did not have a, a single bad snap the entire season. We we negated the one that was in in one of the mud games, and you know. There's a guy you just kind of forgets in the middle making all the snaps every game, you know? Yeah, sure. As that game went on Friday in overtime and overtime, and, and we're all wanting to winger to win, but I felt this has to be a win for one reason, for Michael Garrett, because he cannot have two missed field goals with his dad as a head coach. I can't imagine the ride home. And then he hits that clutch one, obviously, in overtime to keep it going. But I felt, gosh, they got to win this game for Michael Garrett. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. And, yeah, you know, as much as you try to separate it, and, and I think the Lord's allowed me to be able to separate, you know, coach, player, dad, son, uh, that was a moment. Uh, that was a moment for him, for me, uh, not only the first one, but after the second one, I, I never seen him more 
uh, dejected, obviously, when he came off the sideline. And um, I went over to him after they after we uh, you know blocked that second one, and, and we were going in our third overtime. And I we've had this conversation before because you know as a kicker, you're you're you know you're the hero or the you know or the one who who you know uh, doesn't get it done. So I just said, hey, it doesn't ever come down to one guy. You know, we've had several chances to win this game and lose this game. You got to keep your head up. It's gonna, it's gonna come back around. You're gonna get a chance. And I just happened to have a water bottle in my hand, and I just doused him, <laughs> doused him with water up and down. He finally smiled, and we got a little thing that we do back and forth. I said, "Get that song in your head, Sweet Caroline." And when you go out there next time, be singing that song. And that next one he hit, I think he could have made it from 45 yards. He hit it so hard <laughs> down the middle. So, uh, quite a moment. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Coach, something I wanted to ask you about, and it's kind of been making the rounds online last couple of days, or actually since Friday, and on that final regulation drive, Evansville Central driving down for the eventual kick that was blocked to send it into overtime, there was a fumble, and it was called on the field that it was down by contact, and the replay clearly showed it was out. Eastbrook, the game before you, could have tied the game on what was clearly a backwards pass that was called an incompletion. Uh, the return, as Eastbrook was running down the field, would have made it a tie game. Instead, it was waved off. They lose 34-20. to Instant replay. Is there a place for it, at least maybe in the state championship games in Indiana? Would that be something you would like to see or not see? I love your question, and uh, to be honest, I, I've spoken to a few of our coaches about it, and, and I think in in a state finals game, uh, when so much is invested uh, and so much is happening, why not? Because, you know, on one hand, you certainly don't want to be the team that, that something, you know, goes against you. And, you know, and I think on a human level, I certainly don't want to be that referee who's earned his place to be out there be in a situation and, and humanly, you know, make a call that, that, that causes a change in the game either, you know, and I think in, in a sense, it, it's, it's a win-win for, for the referees. It'd be a win-win obviously for the teams playing. Um, so I would be all for that. No doubt. I mean, a state finals game, uh, why not, you know, why not have that? Coach, before we let you go, I wanted to ask you the most important question. Now, when you're at practice and a Tipman does something wrong and you have to <laughs> yell at them, and you can't just say Tipman, obviously, or Henry or Oberfeld, you know how it is, or Garrett, for that matter, how do you identify these kids? Uh, that's a great question. Most of them have nicknames, so you know we go by that. But, okay. Uh, we are blessed to have the Tittman family with us. I, tell you, I don't think we could have fielded a team this year without them. So, uh, we're very grateful. Uh, what what a great group of kids. I mean, all, all of our guys. But when uh, I think about you know that roster we we took down to Lucas Oil, eighteen of them were uh, you know direct relation to the Tittman family, and all of them in some special way certainly contributed to all of our success this year and, and Friday night for sure. I, we were talking today, and I have to go back to the film, but. That run to the left side, TJ's got the ball, Joe's blocking, Vinny's blocking, Ellinger's blocking, and O'Keefe's the slot. So we had, <laughs> I think, five of the six guys that were leading that play were, were Tittman. <laughs> That's so, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be that play we played at many a family reunion, I yeah. imagine, for decades to come. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Out in some big pole barn somewhere up on the, up on the wall. There you yeah. go. Coach, thanks for joining us. I appreciate it. Always a pleasure. Congratulations again, and uh, and live it up. Enjoy it, my man. Well, thank you guys for all your coverage, and uh, appreciate all your support for sure. And uh, get DC a Snickers for me. Oh, he deserves it. He's a great yeah, for sure. Thanks, <laughs> Coach. Right.
Thank you. Springtime tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine and More. Every bunny loves honey glazed carrots, a great side dish for your springtime celebration, and a delicious compliment to a sweet, bright Moscato. Wine is made in virtually every country in the world, and I'm ready to give you a tour to find the right one. Serving lamb this season? Try it with a bold Cabernet from the trendy Paso Robles region. Whether you're hosting or just bringing the wine, we'd love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection this spring at Total Wine and More. Cheers! Podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.